Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, touch your bet. We round the world. We round the net. So get ready and get set. Because we make it look easy. No sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews, you up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Oh, yeah. Welcome to another episode of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And back off your mic. <laughs> I did. Even I heard that. <laughs> and we're here to give voice to your inner geek. <laughs> your inner geek is eating the mic. Take that. All right. Once again, don't have a lot for general. There are clearly things that we could talk about that are going around the gaming industry right now, but no. I'd rather not. Try to keep my safe place a safe place. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So instead, we'll just talk about, you know, we have the Patreon going on. We do. People can. Patreon is back and live and people are Patreoning. Yeah. So uh, once again, we'll do the uh, shout outs to the people up top here that are on for that level. And that would be Nicole, Nate, Stephanie, Timothy, David, John, and Don. Don oh, is back. Oh, my. <laughs> so welcome back, Don. I feel legitimized now. Yeah. And in fact, I'm going to call out Don. <laughs> Not Don. Sorry. I'm going to call out Nate because <laughs> we've agreed that. He's earned his name. He's earned his name back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. We uh, we were at Osticon here recently and, and Nate did earn his name back. So for this month, you still have a name. For this month. <laughs> Uh, it ebbs and flows. <laughs> you messed up that pledge level, buddy. <laughs> okay, so thank you guys for supporting us over on Patreon. And, of course, uh, thanks to everyone that supports us on Patreon. There are several other people that are as well that just do not want the shout-out. So uh, general shout-out to all of those people. <laughs> all right, but unless you have something, we'll just... No. 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 All right. You sure you don't want to talk about... <laughs> Therapize too much. I'll save it for when we do the, the Game of Thrones wrap-up. Uh, so then... Game reviews. Yes. Yeah. So uh, tonight, you heard yes, me right. Yes, people. There's plural. plural. We are reviewing two, two games. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> the year of Shadowrun <laughs> continues. <laughs> yes. We're going to take a look at two uh, tabletop games that are not the RPG, but are in the Shadowrun universe. So the first one we're going to look at is Shadowrun Zero Day, which is a two-player card game where you are both playing hackers that are trying to score the most pay data from the megacorps. Each player has uh, uh, the same cards. You start with basically the same deck of cards, and it's just how you play them. You're trying to – there's going to be like some countermeasures up. There's going to be some – uh, Mega Corps up. And these are all cards, and each player um, is going to play to try to basically this is get into the Mega Corps and get uh, the 
their payload, their pay data, and it's like a victory point thing at the end of the game. Whoever has the most pay data wins. So the countermeasures are color coded. I think there's four of them, if I remember, four or five. I think there's four. Four, I thought. Yeah. So they're color coded. Actually, there's three. There's blue. There's purple. Oh, that's there's right. red. There, and then there's, there's four the, corporations. The guard. Out. Well, yeah. the the guard. I was trying. I was trying to remember what that was, but that's not actually a like a countermeasure. That's uh, something we use. All right, so there's ex- exploit, decryption, and sneak, and they're color-coded blue, purple, red. So as the countermeasures come up, in order for you to basically try to kind of penetrate through to the megacorps, you have to get through the countermeasures. And so you'll have each player has, like I said, the same cards, which make up things that deal with each of these. Oh, I'm sorry. That's our cards, exploit, decryption, and sneak. Mm-hmm. Or our cards, their cards are, are passwords, encryptions, and firewalls. So you'll play your your exploits against passwords, decryptions against decrypt, decryption against encryption, and sneak against firewalls. And if there's enough tokens on one of these cards where it bypasses its level, the rest of it can get go down and and make it into a mega corporation. On the other side of that, if one of these three are not face up because it's a randomized deck. If one of these three are not face up, you can play the missing card. So let's just say firewalls aren't up. You can play your sneak cards to go right to the mega corporations. And it's, it's all kind of, I almost want to, it's not quite, but I almost want to say it's like smash up ish where it's like, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. There's a target number that the players are going to meet. It's not, the person that gets there first, let's say this particular firewall has a target number of seven. When there's a combination of players' seven tokens mm-hmm. on there, th- the the firewall is taken down. All right. The person with the most tokens on there gets whatever scoring value there might be, mm-hmm. but it's it's a combined total. Right. And some cards also have like they have the score, but they also almost have like a little ability or something yep. on it where it's like the loser gets or does this yep. or the winner gets or does this and it's not always just because you're the it's winner doesn't positive. mean it's positive yeah in fact sometimes losing actually is almost a better deal on some of them mm-hmm. other than your points towards the end of the game the like countermeasures deck that that's a deck that kind of keeps coming in and, and it'll get refilled you always have three out the mega corporations are kind of there's one that's always out and then there's three others that are randomly put out and those will stay until that that's actually one of the end games is once three mega corporations are gone the game ends um and you kind of total up your score there's also the the data deck cards that you can potentially score against the tokens it's kind of a little confusing, but you, you have to have not only the card for scoring this but you also have to have the token so there's ways to collect these tokens and you kind of put them off into your score pile, but unless you have the correspond a corresponding card that lets you score them, they're basically worth nothing in your right. The, the data day-to-day. deck is essentially objective scoring at the end of the game. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm just gonna anything you think we should else we should cover on this end before we just. No, I think that's it. Yeah, that's the basic. That's as the the base. Yeah. There, I mean, there's a couple other things like I said. I mentioned the guard and the. Guard is like moving other tokens Can do that around, though, yeah. that kind of stuff. So, or you know, you uh, <laughs> so components again. Uh, this is mostly cards. So there's, like I said, there's the the you know, the cards that each player gets, which are the tool cards. 
you get the countermeasure cards, um, you get uh, mega corporation cards, you get the data cards, and then you also get the data tokens that I was talking about. So there's card little cardboard chit tokens, and then there's also uh, uh, cubes for each player to use, uh, kind of at kind of show that you've attacked this firewall or mm-hmm. you've gone, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's that that's how we get to like the seven that Jordan was talking about. If I have three of my green cubes on there and Jordan has four blue cubes on there, then, you know, that's the seven. And then Jordan obviously had more. So then the, the score is done by whatever's on the card. And then, of course, the rule book. So that's uh, pretty much everything. It's a pretty small box. Uh, it's a pretty small game. Component wise, the components are are good. Again, it's it's nothing it's nothing major. It's nothing fancy. The cubes are the nice kind of like um, if you go to the game crafter, they call these like the ice cubes because they're translucent. So the the blue and green, they look pretty cool. They're I, I would say they're relatively thematic, kind mm-hmm. of the almost like the neonish or whatever. Uh, the cards are decent card stock, and the cardboard tokens are. Uh, or solid cardboard tokens, and the the box is pretty sturdy. Haven't thrown the insert out yet. Haven't thrown the insert <laughs> out yet. Well, it all kind of fits in there just fine with mm-hmm. with the insert. So that's good. It's it's a, a bigger box than it needs to be, but that's retail shelf space wise. I understand that. <laughs> and it's it it's not huge though either. So that's it's nice. It is transferable. Usually talk about the artwork. I don't know how I feel about the artwork on this one. I'm kind of. I'm not. It's... Yeah, I'm not really. Digging it that much, to be honest. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the artwork, I think. I kind of look at the artwork and the, go. The box is nice. The box is nice, <laughs> but the cards, the the megacorps, it, I look at that and I go, they ask somebody that's never read a Shadowrun supplement to do the art for this. <laughs> and they gave that person like five or six bullet points of what Shadowrun is. Yeah. I, I, I part- It's not bad. No. The artwork is not bad. It no, just no. doesn't. Well, I partially. I partially think it's because it's kind of supposed to be in the Matrix kind of deal. Yeah, but I don't feel like they grabbed that either. I, yeah, yeah I, like, I mean, like, it's supposed like to be this an one, icon. I think they did get it. Yeah. I mean, but some, some of, of these it. others are, are not. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really get it, <laughs> I guess. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, overall, the, the components as far as the creation is good. But, yeah, I'm iffy on the artwork uh, past the box. It's It's a pretty low-impact game. Everything that's in the box is suited to the game. There's nothing. I mean, the 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 translucent cubes actually kick it up a notch from what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. This could very well have just been your standard wooden cube, mm-hmm. or your or just more cardboard jets. So that was that was a good bump. There's nothing wrong with this uh, component wise. It's solid. It's it's good cardboard and it, it's good card stock. I don't think you're, you're, you're going to see if you play this game a hundred times. I don't think you're going to see a lot of chipping on your cards. It, it's not bad. It's just it didn't need to be really good, so they didn't make it really good. Yeah. All right. So the mechanics for uh, Shadowrun Zero Day again. It's um, it's card it's card collection. It's 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 victory point. It's to- token collection. What's that? I was getting ready to disagree with you, but then you finished your sentence. <laughs> Why? What? What? What did you almost say? We're not really collecting cards, but then you you finished it off as for scoring, right? Well, yeah, yeah it's it's card and token collection for scoring. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it basically all comes down to to the scoring. So it's I don't want to say set collection, but 
Somewhat. I mean, depending on the, the one at least of the, the, da- the one, one of, of the, the bonus point cards, right. one of the data cards is kind of a set collection, or if you have like one of each right. or a scaling one, I think. But no, it's it's not so much set collection as well. It kind of is because some of the cards <laughs> are if if you have the most of these, right? Or yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like it's right in there. There's a, there's a variety of bonus scoring that covers a yeah. lot of different type of of requirements <laughs> yeah. and it's it's card control yes or it's almost it, it's it's a cyber version of not quite dudes on a map but kind of in that vein where i mean it's you're you want to control you want to get through the countermeasures if you can you really i mean you you get some decent stuff if you take care if you're like the majority control of a countermeasure mm-hmm. when it goes away but your sweet spot is trying to also get through there and get the most on the More actual corpse. corporations. Yep. And again, it's 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 doing that and the manipulation of your cubes and your opponent's cubes to kind of put it in the the best best spot and best light for you. So yeah, I I, I can't think of any other kind of mechanics. It's it's kind of card control and a little bit of set collection and basically just adding up your victory points so there's uh all the countermeasures have a data value a pay data value so you'll add that up all the mega cores have a pay data value you'll add that up you get for each mark that you have you get a pay data pay data and then the data cards and data tokens again depending on if you have the cards that match the tokens and it'll the card itself will tell you what you get to score for that mm-hmm. uh, and you add all that stuff up mechanics they work <laughs> it's it's a very simple game, mm-hmm. and in this case, in this case, I mean that negatively. It's not simple as in elegant. It's simple as in simple. Yeah. Uh, so you've, you've got each player has the same cards. Each mm-hmm. player is the same number of cards. Yeah. It's not a deck builder, mm-hmm. although there is the potential to lose a card depending on mm-hmm. whether you score the one the one uh, countermeasure that's negative. But everybody has the same cards. Everybody's going to do the same thing each turn. You play your, it's up to three cards, right? Well, it's, that's what I was just going to, so real quick, the turn phases, you, you, you play cards, mm-hmm. which you play one type of card. That's right. That's so right. You, it, it, you can play as many as you have in your hand if you want to, but it can only be the one type. So if you got a bunch of sneak in your hand, you can say you got three, you can play three sneak. But if you got like one exploit, you can only play the one exploit. Right. Or whatever. Um, and you can't play a sneak and an exploit right. kind of thing. So it's, it's all one, of one type of card, as many as you have in your hand. And then you, you do that, you, you know, resolve them, which is basically putting your cubes out for why you've played those cards. Are you hitting a countermeasure? Are you able to bypass a countermeasure? Are you able to kind of, bulldoze through a countermeasure and get rid of it plus get some stuff on a mega corporation it's all based on those cards you played then you draw cards and then you enter turn i mean mm-hmm. it's it's it really is kind of dead simple once it's all laid out yeah if you have two or less cards you you draw up and if you have uh, three, three or more, yeah three or fewer if three you, or fewer you draw you draw two so you're not necessarily going to be in a position that you're always going to be draining your hand right and you might not necessarily want to in any given at any given moment. Yep. And so I, I think it's it's 12 cards each. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you have three or fewer, you draw two. Again, both players have the same cards, 
Uh, and you basically go through them. Until, it's a reshuffle. Yeah, it's you a don't reshuffle. run out of so, cards. Yeah, you don't you don't run out of, but you don't necessarily you don't get to pick up or. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's basically that's the other thing is kind of remembering a bit about potentially what your opponent has played already, so you know if they have that. You know, does does Jordan still have a guard card? Is he going to be potentially moving some of my tokens around? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Because your discard is face down. So it's not public knowledge, or at least that's how we played it after reading the rules. So you, you're card to card counting both yourself and your opponent. Yeah, it's it's not public knowledge. Yeah, you can't you can't have somebody go through your deck or whatever. So yeah, I think we just did face down or something. Yeah. All right, but back to the me- mechanics as they are. Again, it is it is a a fairly simple game. They do work, but it definitely feels like there's something missing. And yeah. we'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. From a purely technical standpoint, the mechanics are sound. Mm-hmm. What you're shown in the book is what you do, and what you do gets you from the start to the end of the game. There's not a lot of gotchas that we ran into mechanically, except the first time we scored that card where I actually had to throw away a card. We both kind of looked at that and <laughs> went, "Are am I being punished for winning? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yep. But mechanically, uh, it, it is sound. Yep. They, they they work. All right, so rules for Shadowrun Zero Day. Rule book we used to talk about, it's, uh, I mean, it's eight pages front to back. And again, this is a small box, so mm-hmm. a small rule book, eight pages front to back. Does a pretty good job of getting you through what you need to. It is, there, there are images and stuff in it, but not many. So it is a little bit, like, especially right in the middle, like kind of wall of wall texty. Of text. uh, I especially um, did not like it that the setup was wall of text, like paragraphs instead of kind of here's what you do, A, B, C, D, you know, or something like that. But it, it, it again, it's a smaller book, so it's not horrible. Um, you can get through it. And uh, things like the, the, the turn phases are laid out pretty decent. Again, it's, it's not horrible. They do have uh, some, some uh, examples and images but yeah, I I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's a, a bad book. I just wish it was a little less wall of text. Uh and I think I don't know. Here we are again with we got a bunch of terms on the front page about what a decker is, what a you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh some of that I can kind of see, I guess, for, for this game, but that's uh that's almost more than half of the front page, which eh, you don't expect anything on the front page really anyway. So I guess that's No, fine. I mean it's a Good attempt to add some fluff or some lore, but it's not, yeah, not necessarily. And it, it could have been a back page thing. Yeah. So I don't recall. I don't recall us going into the book that much when we were playing. No, the only thing we dove into the book for a couple times was when we were trying to remember the proper names for the yeah. the scoring tokens. Right. Right. Uh, I think I can't remember. Did we? have an icon issue at one point on one of the cards where we were having a hard time find, looking, matching it up to the token. Or Yeah, it was like the brain or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. It looked really weird on the card, but yeah. so we kind of tried to go to the book for like, here's the icon. And, Some and that's elimination. Not yeah, and that's something. not there. Yeah. So there's, there's the icons aren't referenced in the rule book. That's the one thing that would have been nice to have in here. But that's the only thing I can really think of. Again, it's a little wall of texty, but not horrible because it is a smaller book. You can get through it. 
I really would have liked the, the setup to be a little less wall of taxi. And then the icons could have been at least mentioned or shown in there. Even like, again, that's where maybe you don't put this stuff on the front and mm-hmm. put the icons on here or, you know, the, the back is, uh, uh, backs credits and stuff. There's not much on, else on there, but somewhere in there, I think those icons should have at least been addressed. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add about rules? Nope. Um, you got it out. <laughs> so teachability for Shadowrun Zero Day. It's not bad, especially, I mean, don't know if it's a game that I would want to necessarily go, okay, I haven't looked at this book yet. <laughs> Just because of the little bit of the wall attack stuff. I, you can do it, but you're, I mean, you've got some reading to do, like I said, even through the setup. So I would recommend at least going through it once or twice before that. And then if you want to break it out while you're, I almost always break out the rule book during setup just to make sure I'm not missing something, even mm-hmm. if it's something I played a couple times. But once we got past that, Again, like we talked about earlier, it's a pretty simple game once you kind of get into it. The, you know, the, there's not a ton of reading on the cards. There's not a, a anything like that. There's not a, well, this is going to break this rule kind of thing. And how does this interact? Um, it's pretty straightforward. So I think the teachability is pretty solid for this one. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, you took maybe 10 or 15 minutes to set up kind of referencing the book for proper board layout so that we would have their recommended layout yep, and showing me card geography and mechanics as we went, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, a 10 minute teach. And that's really all it should take. There's not, there's not a lot going on here. Right. Yep. All right. So replayability slash how many times in a row would you play shadow run zero day? Want me to start or you want to start? Go for it. Okay. Replayability. All right. So here's where we go into the technically, (laughs) (laughs) there is some replayability in there. Again, you don't use all of the megacorps every time you play. You know, the countermeasure deck is randomized, so you never know which countermeasures are going to come up. It's a two-player game, strictly two-player game, so those cards are always going to be the same. Mm -hmm. The data deck uh, is going to be different, uh, or randomized, I should say. Uh, So those will come up differently. So from that aspect, there is replayability in the box. From a wanting to play aspect, how many times in a row would I play this? I honestly don't want to play it again. I mean, I just that there it is. It's we played it, we got through it, we got got the rules. Depending on how I edit, you're going to hear me or us stumbling here and there. It's because honestly, I. It's a forgettable game. Put this game out of my mind until because we we are actually ahead uh, and we're playing games uh, faster than we can review them right now, which is an awesome problem to have. But I can remember pretty much every game that we've played, except for this one. Mm-hmm. I had to refresh myself quite a bit. <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately, and you're a refreshing guy. <laughs> nice. Uh, unfortunately, i i don't I don't want to play this game again. We we played it because we had to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean it, uh, that. That's no kinda, nobody put the game in our hands. No, but we but thought no, well, it but would I mean, be a good two for. Yeah, I mean for 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 a review purpose. Yeah, we got we had the plays in that we had to, but it's it's definitely one I I'm calling. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's it's in the name zero. I didn't <laughs> didn't particularly like it. Uh, it's not that it's bad. There's nothing technically wrong with it. You get from A to B in a logical fashion. There's just nothing there. 
And I don't want to play it again either. Yeah. Let's, um, do you want to just roll everything in together here? The theme and the fun factor slash overall. Sure. All, Cause it's it all, all goes kind, of, kind of go yeah. together. So yeah. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to talk about the theme, the fun factor and the, and our overall, um, which we kind of already <laughs> kind of, kind of gave our <laughs> hand away there. <laughs> kind of gave our hand away there. Uh, but for uh, shadow run zero day. Well, this was the best game ever. I never want to play it again. <laughs> so, fold ya. Um, so yeah, the, um, theme wise, so lacking. I'll just throw. Yeah, I'll, I'll mean, get out there right now. <laughs> the the box says Shadowrun. The box does look like standard Shadowrun art. You look at that box and you go, "Hey, that's a Shadowrun game." Even if you, even if it's a different language and you don't know what Shadowrun is in German, okay, that's cool. You look at that and you go, "That's a Shadowrun game." Inside it, it's it's bland. There's this attempt to do kind of the Decker thing. You know, you're mm-hmm. in the Matrix. But we kind of joked about it. This feels more like uh, Netrunner than it does Netrunner. Yeah, well, because you got the corporation oh, yeah. and the servers, oh, and you got the layers. I thought you were talking ice. about we joked about it tonight. I'm like, I don't. No, no, not name. tonight. Just as we played. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's it's bland. There's we it, we've talked Netrunner a couple times about taking out all of the fun. Yes, because <laughs> we actually love Netrunner. I love Netrunner. Um. <laughs> we talked about sometimes how the theme is could could just be pasted on you know it it this does feel like they had mechanics that they just slapped the shadowrun brand on yeah i i think i could swap the theme out and almost make this that would just make it playable yeah i think i think that's part of that's part of what hurts it i mm-hmm. mean i agree with you it is bland um it is and and some of that comes down to and and we've talked about it where us both having the same deck and it not really being anything special and no way to add cards or, or anything to it. Even, even if it was like a small deck of something or just, just something, just something to help me one think I'm, I'm, I'm doing a run mm-hmm. or two that I'm, you know, part of a, a group or something where I can hire somebody else or, or that I can do something different than here's a red card because yep. you've got a red card out so i gotta put it i can put a cube on the red card because i played my red card and you know it's just it's training wheels i mean you know yes they have names but it's like i just you didn't care i mean it was it was just like there was no decent immersion at all in into what was presented and, and it had a lot i think a lot of it for me was the fact that it just didn't have that one little extra where we could have slightly different decks or or something i mean or Both from or a mechanic ha- standpoint and a a theme standpoint it it lacked yeah so you know and i think we we felt this pretty pretty early on and and so having that nagging feeling that just something is missing obviously did not help us with any kind of fun as the game <laughs> as a game progresses it it's good to feel like you have decision points to make. You're, mm-hmm. you're running out of actions, you know, or you're, you're trying to optimize your best turn. But too often, especially near the end, it was more of a matter of, I just don't want to do anything because I, I don't do anything to help myself. Right. There was that too. I, I totally, again, space that part where it was just like, I, don't want, I have to play a card. I don't want to play a card. What's I don't, the least damaging thing yeah. or the least helpful thing that I can do? Yeah. There was also, I mean, even just, uh, you want to keep it minimalized, but still give me, just give me like, um, 
a handful of Decker avatar cards that take one a of those variable cubes. power. Yeah. Yeah. And I can only do it X number of times during the game or something. Even that, just mm-hmm. oh, I put a cube on every time I do it or whatever. Boom. Uh, makes it a totally different game than what we got in out of the box. Yep. So, yeah, uh, again, our overall for Shadowrun Zero Day, we just can't recommend it. I can't recommend Nor it. Nor can I. I. Um, and it is it's definitely a game I've already talked about culling and, and you know, Megan and I are kind of going through games and stuff right now. I told uh, Jordal over the weekend that he could have first pass on, on anything for Ostacon or, or everything, and this will be in the box if he wants to take it. <laughs> don't don't listen to this, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too late. Yeah, just take it. Uh, if it doesn't go there, it's going somewhere else. I don't care. But yeah, it's I. I it's yeah, unfortunate because Catalyst has done this license justice for most of the duration that they've had the license, <laughs> and they generally have made good Shadowrun related products. This is where they drop the ball. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's uh, stop talking about zero day and let's go on to the next game best day ever <laughs> which is encounters shadow run shadow run encounters oh, i know if we read it properly top it to properly. bottom it's encounters well shadow even run. on the rule book because i did that at this one too just yeah. in case i was like okay what does the rule book say yeah <laughs> so encounters shadow run uh makes no sense and that's why i call it shadow run encounters, encounters. Yep. <laughs> i uh I'm, I'm with you but once we get past that Best day ever. <laughs> Best day ever. So, uh, Jordan, you take us take us through. So, Shadowrun Encounters slash Encounters Shadowrun <laughs> is uh, essentially a push-your-luck dice roller. It's got a pretty pretty basic eight-page rulebook. This was apparently the theme for Catalyst <laughs> in the year of Shadowrun. Uh, comes with... When was that again? What year, what year was that? <laughs> Still going. <laughs> Sprawl gangers, baby. Sprawl gangers. <laughs> it's going until that comes out. <laughs> and then it comes with a crap ton of cardboard, not a metric ton, just a crap ton of missions, hackers, uh, shadow runners, I should say, and locations. Did I say eight dice? Eight dice. Um, <laughs> and that's really all you need because it's a very simple press your luck dice roller. You're going to go on one or more missions if you're successful <laughs> each turn. Each mission is going to have a value that you have to meet on a dice roll. Could be as easy as, haha, he says, as one, but you got <laughs> 66s, you got a roll. One of them has to be a one. Uh, could be a really high number like 13. You got to roll your six dice, uh, and get some combination of 13. But as you continue, you lock your dice on these missions to complete. So eventually you might need to get 13 on one die and then you're screwed. Uh, so it's a very simple press your luck dice roller. Mm-hmm. And you do have to have exact numbers. Yes. You can't can't yes. go over. Can't go over. It's got to be 13. It's got to yeah. be two. It's got to be six, <laughs> whatever the number is. All right. So um, you you listed the components. Again, it's it's mostly cards and some dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's six black, uh, six red dice which are the basic dice for the game that everybody uses. And then there's two black dice, which are uh, special ability activated. They're not in the general pool unless you have a, a runner that lets you access them. So overall, I mean, again, this is uh, just like with the last one, the, the components are, are solid. The, the cardboard's good. The, you know, the card stock that they're using, um, it, it's not, you know, 
it's not ho- Hogwarts quality. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. You know, you, you're, you're let it go, dude. It's been two years. <laughs> <laughs> well, not Megan just mentioned the other day. We haven't played that in a while, so yeah. be right. prepared. <laughs> um, we love the game, by the way. It's just frustrating it as is. hell frustrating. Uh, where we're at. Anyway, is it has D sixes, which are standard size, but again, Shadow Run. It's got to be a D six game, which is awesome. It works. Uh, and uh, is there, there's tokens, right? There, yeah. yeah okay. There's new yen yes. money. Uh, there, there's new yen money. <laughs> there's new yen tokens. Right. Okay. So, yeah, more cardboard chits. All of it solid. All of it well-produced. And I don't have an issue with the component side of, of this game. No, nope. uh, There's good the, gloss and thick cardboard and nice dice. And and like we mentioned with the last one, with this one, the artwork is Shadowrun. Yep. <laughs> it, uh, it, it screams Shadowrun. It... Is very well done in in my uh, opinion. The artwork here screams Shadowrun. Yep. Whether you've got a street samurai or um, uh, uh, a shaman or whatever, everything on here is, and it could very well be source book material that they have reused because mm-hmm. that would be a good cost savings yeah. for them. They have they have ten years worth of inventory. Might as well use it. <laughs> right. All right. So yeah, components are solid. So now we'll move on to mechanics for uh, Shadowrun encounters. Encounter Shadowrun. <laughs> <laughs> encounter Shadowrun encounter. Um, so the mechanics, pretty darn simple. Start of the game. Each player is going to be dealt a corporation. Well, a corporation card, and each corporation has an ability that is either free or cost something. Well, I suppose those are your two options. <laughs> Has an ability you may have to pay to use. It generally does something to impact another player. A couple of them you can use on your own turn to your benefit, but generally you're going to use these corporate powers to dick with somebody else. Everybody's also going to be dealt a decker, not a decker, not necessarily a decker, is going to be dealt a shadow runner of cost two or less. If one of the initial turnups is three or more, it just gets shuffled back in until everybody has the the lowest cost shadow runners in the game that does not mean they're necessarily useless just mm-hmm. nobody can start with one of the higher tier shadow runners and then there's also a handful of locations so start of the first turn you're gonna flip up a location and the location might be the redmond barons it might be uh they're in raku arcology they've got six i think locations across new seattle that have some kind of game impact while they're up might be easier to retain a human shadow runner. If you used your shadow runner that turn and we'll get to why that matters mm-hmm. later in mechanics might take away dice. If you don't have the right kind of crew, the each location does something to mess with the players, not in a really punishing way, just to make things a little bit more difficult. And that'll stay in place until the mechanic that changes it gets kicked in. Uh, then the starting player will flip his first mission or her first mission. It's going to come up. It's going to have some good art. It's going to have what it's worth when you score it. And it's going to have any restrictions on it or any bonuses for completing it. For instance, some might say you can't use a shadow runner on this. It's just basic dice. Some might say this, uh, there will be an explanation mark symbol. That's well, it's not an exclamation mark, but that's what I always describe it as, even though it doesn't look like an exclamation <laughs> mark. Uh, this once once this turn is done, then the location changes again. 
as others aren't actually worth points. You just uh, complete them, keep them off to the side, and it's worth plus one to a die face or plus one to your total later on. So there's a variety of different mission types because it'll say corporate, it'll say metahuman, it'll say, um, you know, whatever. They have keywords on pretty much every card. Contacts. And they're in there, yep. Right? yep. Keywords on every card. And your shadow runners might key off those keywords. So your basic power might be all twos are wild, but then it'll say metahuman. And if you're, if the, the run you're on has the metahuman keyword, then you get to do something extra. So you've got your six dice. You're going to reveal your first mission, roll your dice. If you meet that, then you decide whether you're going to end your run or continue. If you continue, you flip up your next card. And then before you roll any dice, the previous dice you've used is locked. You don't get those back. Before you roll your dice again to try to complete this, you decide whether you're going to try to buy a Shadowrunner. If you have money, if you have New Yen, uh, you can try to buy a Shadowrunner. You just flip it up. If you can afford it, make the choice of whether or not you want to buy it. And you roll your dice again, and you see if you meet your whatever your target number is. Very simple, a target number. And you keep going until you either don't think you can get the die result you need on the dice you have, or you fail. So you've got your first column where everything is going to score one plus whatever bonus points you have. Now, if you are lucky enough to get through an entire column and lock all your dice, you get to start a second column uh, and then you get all your dice back. But then the base value for each card in the second column goes up to two and then you continue. If you lock all your dice again, you go to three, you go to four, go to five. The The number of col- the the column number that you're in is what the basic score value is. However. And, and the however happens far more often than getting into the third <laughs> column. You eventually get to the point where you need 13 on one die. <laughs> and there's no amount of shadow running combinations that's just going to magically make that D6 turn to 13. <laughs> so then you have the option of either burning your run, which allows you to get rid of one of your shadow runners, thus preventing your opponent from completing the run, or Saving your, saving your shadow runner if it's got a really useful power to you. And then you turn it over to your opponent. The next player clockwise will get rid of the one you failed on, reveal a new one, and then roll whatever remaining dice you had to see if they can complete the run. And if they do, they score everything. So if you finish your run unsuccessfully, you don't actually score anything. Everything that you have locked, you lose. You only score if you're successful. And scoring is just based on the number of the cards plus a uh, number on the, the 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 column that you're in plus whatever bonus scoring might be on the card. And you're going to go until uh, I believe the recommended is 30. And I've always played it, whether it's two players or, or five players at 30, because 30 is pretty easy to get to. Mm-hmm. But that's the recommended is 30. You can you can go higher. You can go lower if you want a faster or longer game. All right. So, again, it's uh Primarily push your luck mm-hmm. is, is uh, the randomness of the dice. There's also variable powers, basically, uh, from the different like deckers that you get, or shadow runners, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, that you get. There's also the variable kind of power slash penalty mm-hmm. that comes up from the locations. And there's also, like you said, the variable power that you get from uh, whatever corporation happens to be backing you at the beginning of the game, basically, that you can use once per game, right? 
Once no, per, you can use it as much once. Unless the corporation has oh, a rule right. on when you can use right. it, you got to so pay for it's it. It's the pay. Yeah. yeah. It's as long as you pay for it. Okay. So the mechanics for uh, Shadowrun encounters work well. Mm-hmm. Um, works works really well. I, I think this uh, all kind of comes together. Listening to it in the different, like you got to flip a location card here and you get this card here and you get extra shadow runners and you got to go through the, the, the runs that you're, you're going on and the missions that you're trying to do. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on, but it all feels cohesive. It's much more simple than it sounds. Yeah. (laughs) But it is very cohesive and, and works well together and makes sense as you're Mm -hmm. playing it for a, you know, a, a shadow run game. Okay. So the rules for Shadowrun encounters. So the year of Shadowrun was also the year of eight page <laughs> rule books with walls of text. So the first page here is set up. Second page is a little sidebar on card symbols and a little picture about the geography of a card. And then page three is how to play the game. Page three through seven is how to play the game. And that's where it runs out of pictures or any kind of sidebars or anything to break up the wall of text. Now, this is a, it's a box about half, half of again as big overall as zero day. So for those that have seen zero day, this book is about half again as big. Still only eight pages, but that wall of text does start to reach that kind of annoying point. Mm-hmm. Everything is there. It's a very linear rule book. It starts with how to play the game, goes into your turn basics, goes into a little bit of the advanced stuff. Everything is there from A to A to Z, but it's not really, even though there's headings for everything, you really wanted something just to break it up a little bit. And that is not there. And then the last place, the last page is winning the game. It's an eight page book that gets you into the game, gets you through the game and really does answer all your questions about any of the stuff that you're going to see on the cards. It's not a bad book. It just could have been better. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't remember if I even actually grabbed the book. I think it was straight from you. Mm-hmm. So, so that goes into the next one: teachability, teachability. of Shadowrun encounters. Encounter Shadowrun. <laughs> As the person being taught, uh, I, I mean it. It went pretty well. Um, it went. It's pretty straightforward. Like so, there are a lot of pieces, a lot of uh, moving pieces, but it all comes together pretty well. The uh, location change doesn't come up all the time, but it comes up fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. But that's that's pretty straightforward. You kind of get used to that as it comes up. That happens more often the more players are. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, o- overall, I mean, I, again, we were up and running. I think fairly quickly. And going through, you know, the the motions of of a base turn relatively easy as well. I mean, I, I don't think it took more than, you know, going through it one time to kind of go okay. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I thought it was is pretty teachable. What did you think teaching it? Well, and I know you've taught it. Yeah, I mean, elsewhere I've, as well. So not just you have taught people all over Southern <laughs> Minnesota and flock to Jordan's house. <laughs> Shadowrun Encounters! Encounter Shadowrun Night Dudes, come on over. Shadowrun Encounters, um, Encounter Shadowrun. It's an eight-page eight book that is full of very small print. If they'd had some more sidebars and bigger print, it could have easily been a ten-page book. But... Twelve. Uh, yes. It, yes. Because I know. Yeah, I know. Yep. Sarah says the same shit, okay? 
Well, she's right. Yeah, she is right. And so are you. Now move along. 12. <laughs> no, because now the covers will be blank. Front cover, back cover, nothing. They won't even count. Still pages. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so having just read the book once or twice to, to make sure I got it out and understand what was going on, I've been able to teach it uh, fairly successfully just by uh, just through showing the turn. The book is never really referenced unless somebody wants to know what the actual proper name for some of the some of the <laughs> some of the the icons are. So replayability and how many times in a row would you play encounters Shadowrun? <laughs> replayability technically is very high because it's a dice roller with variable Shadowrunners, variable missions, and variable companies. So there's a whole lot of stuff that says you can play this forever because you're never going to have the second game, the, the same game twice. They're not small decks either. I mean, so there's a no, a there's amount of probably a hundred mission cards, and the 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 Shadowrunner deck is a quarter of that probably, and then the 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 Mega Corps are much smaller. Mm-hmm. But since you're only getting uh, one corp, and it, it it technically goes up to six players, and it looks like there's twelve. 12 corporation cards between Shadowrunners, corporations, and missions, you're never going to see the same combination twice. Mm-hmm. It would be uh, unlikely. Yeah. And I mean, you'll see all the locations, but still, even that. How they come up. How they yep. come up and and, uh, and in combination with what missions you're working on mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. it's There's a lot of replayability built into the game. Actual the replayability. Aspect. How many times? Do I, would I like to replay this? Actual replayability is quite high as well. It's fast. Well, it can bog down <laughs> if you get three people, four people in a row that have really crappy turns, <laughs> but it's generally fast. It's generally enjoyable. Press your luck is to me anyways, kind of a fun, a, a fun format, whether it's, um, you're looking at liar's dice or this or zombie dice, something where you're either lying or just trying to get to the edge without going over. I really like that. So actual replayability is pretty high because I generally, as a brand, I love Shadowrun. As a mechanic, I like push your luck. And as, as a component, I like dice. Everything here is fast and to my taste. So replayability is high. Oh, sure? and number. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, Sarah and I played it like five times in a row once, so at least five, because it goes by that fast. Yeah. Again, yeah, the, the replayability built in is great, and the replayability of wanting to play is high as well. I agree with that. This gives you a lot of what was missing out of Zero Day. Yes. Um, and it's, it's kind of funny because they're both meant to be fast, casual games, but this, this hit, this, this scratches all the itches that you would want in a fast playable shadow run universe mm-hmm. game. So the replayability is great from that aspect. It's, it's something I would definitely want to play again in multiple times. And how many times in a row? I could easily see the, the, the five thing happening. Yeah, five, six, six games in a row. No problem. Uh, and again, this is a good, this is a good, uh, game anywhere in your game night. Yep. Start, middle, 
finish the night, whatever. It does a good job of what it it attempts to accomplish. They say it's for one to six players. There is a solo play variant that I will never read. And I think six, they just maxed it out at six for time constraints. Because there's, there's no component here that is going to be limited by breaching that six-player barrier, except time. Okay, so the theme for Shadowrun Encounters, how, why well, we kind of said it, for, again, for what this is and for being a quick game and, and an attempt to be a, a quick game and a push-your-luck game, this gives you the feel, th- this feels like it was a good fit with Shadowrun, that mm-hmm. they did a, a good job with the mechanics and the components and everything else, and to give you the feel that you are on a run, things could go wrong. Yep. You may have to hire some other people to come help you out. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to get paid to stay around. Yep. <laughs> you know, all, all of these little things are covered. You uh, you never actually did cover that. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> if you use your Shadowrunner. Um, now that I think that I said it. <laughs> yeah. If you use your Shadowrunner, you got to pay to keep them. You hire them one time. You hire them, and then you don't pay for them again until you use them. So once they've done their job for you, if you want to retain them, you have to pay a cost. And that's where one of the, as I alluded to, that's where one of the environments makes human human shadow runners retain for one instead of three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you use it, you got to choose whether you're going to use it or lose it or take some of the profit you hopefully just made and... Uh, keep them around if you need them around. later. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, all of those things, everything that they've done with this game gives me the shadow run theme feel. So I, I would say theme on this one is off the charts. It's, it's especially for a quick casual game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love what they did with it. I, I agree. Whereas zero day, I never really felt like I was the decker on the run. Mm-hmm. Here I do feel a little bit like I am the Johnson, you know, overseeing everything. Uh, how many columns are you going to get into? Who knows? Because your first decision point might be to roll the dice and fail because you needed mm-hmm. a six, but all you ro- you rolled six fives. You know, your mm-hmm. first decision point and the, the decision points come very quickly because you're always flipping over a new mission as long as you're successful. But it, it does feel like if you're not necessarily the Johnson, you're at least you're the head of the crew. So <laughs> and the yeah. art is there and the you're artwork. The Yes. <laughs> no, man, I was always oh, never the face. The artwork is there and it's Shadowrun. So it's D6s, you know, um, the artwork is there. The, the language is there. The, the dice are there, you know, the new yen symbol. It's all there. Mm-hmm. It all screams Shadowrun and I enjoy it as such. Okay, so fun factor slash overall for Shadowrun Encounters. I'm calling Zero Day. It may get replaced with Encounters. <laughs> uh, I Again, it's such an easy, quick, fast game that does scratch the itch for the feel and, and theme of Shadowrun. So it's not a it's not a replacement for the RPG if you're missing it like nope. you know it's wait moment of silence 
Anchor. But <laughs> uh, it it will definitely uh, give you some of those feels for sure. Mm-hmm. I think the fun factor is is pretty high in this one, unless you don't like push your luck games. You know, then clearly this isn't going to be a game for you because it is all about the push your luck. But I think it fits the shadow run theme of what you're trying to do. It's it's great. So. Where Zero Day, I can't recommend. Encounters, I highly recommend. Ditto. (laughs) (laughs) You took the words right out of my mouth. All right. So there you go. Two uh, drastically different views for two Shadowrun-related games. (laughs) So what we're watching. What I'm watching. I don't know if it's a Wii thing. (laughs) I certainly am watching. I finished the first season of Hannah on Prime. Hmm. How was it? Because I I liked I it. Like, I keep. I mean, eventually I want to kind of check it out, but I haven't yet. I think the last time we recorded, I was complaining that she had reached the irritating teenage phase, <laughs> yep, yep. Um, right in the middle of a life or death battle, <laughs> <laughs> and and that's just a plot hook that I always hate. But it progresses well after that, and it ends it ends on a strong note. I don't think they have announced yet whether they're going to do a second season or if they're going to leave this as. Because this is just essentially a, a 10-hour retelling of the 90-minute movie. Mm-hmm. But they've left enough hooks in what they did in the last few eps that there certainly can be a second season if they chose to go that route. Library uh, got Psychopaths for their anime selections. And so in, in yet another case of somebody told Sarah, somebody else told Sarah that something <laughs> that I already told her was good was good. One of her coworkers at the library said, Oh, Psychopaths is pretty good. It's like a dystopian future where it's pre-crime and all that stuff. Oh, well, I'll break that. I'll bring that home and maybe journal watch it. Do you remember three years ago what I told you? You'd probably like this. <laughs> so we're watching Psychopaths for me for the second time. Still liking it. Since I've watched it once already, there's, it's, it's well, it's the rewatch now. So stuff, you're seeing a few things that, mm-hmm. you know, they lay down and, and, and then become relevant later. I mean, it's still enjoyable. The, same level of drama is not there for me, but obviously, but it's, it's still good. <laughs> Blacklist is coming to us to an end for the season. I think there's only one up left. And I think that's by far my favorite regular broadcast TV show. Yeah, I think it is. As we were talking about a little bit bo- before we started recording, Game of Thrones hated it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we talked about it when it came out and how nobody, wo- nobody we knew wanted to go see it. But I watched Cold Pursuit with Liam Neeson, and that <laughs> that was a far better movie than I think anybody expected. And to people that hate on it without actually seeing it, see it. it it's it's <laughs> it's well worth it. It's not just taken in the snow. It's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> did you message me about that? I did. I said that it's in the early running for best movie of the year. <laughs> That's I, I knew there was, and that was only halfway through the movie. Yeah. I can't remember what I was doing that day. I was like, I, did, I don't think I ever got back to that. <laughs> All right. I finished American Gods season two. I keep going back and seeing if there's another episode. <laughs> well, it went it went eight episodes, which was bizarre. What was first season? Ten? I don't remember. I, I assume ten. I, I keep meaning to go back and see. Like, did they do eight last time too? Isn't it? That's one of the shows is like, depending on my mood and my level of exhaustion. <laughs> it's like either, okay, this is pretty cool. Or it's like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> it's uh, and I, I just, I have a hard time sometimes 
with Ian McShane now, since he's kind of crapped all over genre shows, but keeps doing genre shows. But yeah, it's pretty decent. But some of the, some of the the dialogue just really goes out there, and that's where you're just kind of like, all right, you're 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 this is not like Shakespeare or anything like that. Or, you know, you're just, just calm down. <laughs> uh, it's got some cool people in it though too that kind of show up off and on. I watched this after I got done with that. I was looking for something to watch. Have you ever watched AFK? <laughs> it's on it's on so. Amazon Prime. Okay. Or at least that's where I, I watched it from. And it's uh there's two seasons there. And uh first season is iffy. Well, I mean it overall it's 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 basically the live action version of We're Stuck in the Game. Okay. So that's AFK. It's like I don't know, t- like 20 minute episodes or whatever. So they're just little short things. I think it was made in New Zealand. Uh, there's two seasons in, out there of, of these people getting stuck in the game and trying to get back or some of them trying to get back, some of them wanting to stay, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Kirito Asuna. <laughs> so it's, and they, you know, they, they cover, you know, various things like, you know, the, the male that plays the she, the female character and all that stuff. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not great, but at, you know, 15 to 20 minutes per episode through two seasons, I got through it. You know, it's, it was, it was, there were some chuckles here and there. It was worth a watch kind of. What I'm watching now is, did you watch Electric Dreams at all? Oh, that sounds familiar. The Philip K. That was Dick the, yeah. Anthology yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I'm watching that right now. So that's been interesting. It's, it's been interesting. It's longer and I'm watching it at night. So it's like. I usually get through like an episode and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I pick up that the second half of the episode the next night and watch it. So it's like ebbs and flows with me. But yeah, be, I really but, like that. Yeah, there was some. There's so far. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't. I think maybe four, four or five episodes in or something like that. I'm enjoying it so far, and they got like a ton of names yep. to be involved with it. Yep. So yeah, I've been I've been enjoying that one. That's that's what I'm currently watching. And then I half half watched. <laughs> uh, Megan, uh, when her mom was over, they watched uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, and I was kind of there, so I was kind of, I was doing something else at the time, but I was kind of back and forth. So, watch that enjoyable shtick. You know, it's, it's MI it's, and yeah, Cruz. It's it's, MI, yeah, exactly. You know what you're getting into. <laughs> get to see Henry Cavill load his fists, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, we're watching Game of Thrones. Uh, so. That's enough said there. What we're reading slash listening to. You know what? I will go ahead and go because I'm not okay. really. Again, still doing the ARC coding and mod docs or whatever, going through that a little bit. But right now, work is all about dredging through documentation right now. And so at night, that's why I'm watching like Electric Dreams <laughs> instead of reading anything. So that's that's it for me. Yeah, I don't have much more. I'm still reading Consider Phlebas, and I'm still listening to Marines. Just in the last two weeks, I've been too busy to... I've been driving enough to get ahead on the audiobook, and I haven't been wanting to sit down and actually read. I've been trying to do other hobby stuff or playing. So I would I would like to finish both books, <laughs> <laughs> but they might be here still in two weeks. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, that was a short one. What we're playing. This past weekend, no, two weeks ago, was JordalCon. Ostacon. Yes. (laughs) Yes. The man with two cons. (laughs) So I was there 
Uh, so I played a variety of different things, but the two that stood out was Tiny Towns, which I bought, and uh, Raccoon Tycoon, which is, have you, you know anybody that's played it? Well, Other than me? You guys. Yeah. I walked okay. by the table. Have you played it is what I was trying to get to. Nope, nope, no, I have not played it. Okay. As a variety of people pointed out over the course of seeing me play that game, I played an animal game. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes it I was did. very shocking. <laughs> it, it shook me to my core. <laughs> but uh, it's a game where the mechanics of building your economy overcome uh, the fact that you're trying to become the raccoon tycoon. <laughs> um I keep meaning to go back and see if that ever got to a commercial release because they actually have a second tycoon, uh, second Kickstarter coming for an expansion. Yeah, it's already a fat cat or whatever. Yep. Yeah, it's out. So I actually am debating getting it if it's in, um, if it ever made to a, a general retail release. I actually wasn't sure, but yeah. So those are, those are the two that stuck with me across the variety of games. And then being the dick that I am, I introduced one of my friends who really likes Star Wars to Star Wars Armada <laughs> after inflicting Star Wars Legion on him. <laughs> so that night ended with him going, hey, Caleb, do you want this for your birthday? <laughs> so I think he is sold. <laughs> nice. Well, like you said, Ostacon was not too long ago. Ostacon mostly for me though was just catching up with people I hadn't seen in forever. Mm-hmm. So I didn't play very much. I actually talked to people more than anything. But I did. I sat down and played Stratego. Saw that. Saw yeah. that. Yeah. Kid was sitting there forever. Mom came up to the help the little reg desk and asked Kate if uh, she saw anybody looking for a game. He's been sitting over there forever. So I went over and played Stratego twice. Played two games of Stratego. The game, the the rules changed every time I played, but he's eight. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> and Stratego was one of the first games I remember. Yeah. Like, I used to play Stratego at school. We had a bunch of games in the back, and me and my friends would always, like, rush back there to make sure we got Stratego. <laughs> uh, so, that was, it was cool. It was cool to revisit and hold on. You know, like I said, rules kept changing. I'm like, I don't re- uh, yeah, in, in, uh, the kid's going to be a, an interesting gamer one day because at one point I was like, oh, I'm looking at the rules. He just reaches over and grabs the <laughs> rules away from me. <laughs> He's like, no, this is my game, son. You don't touch my rules. I'm like, all right, respect. <laughs> Coming back with a knife, you do that again. I'll take that hand with me. Uh, so that was interesting. And then mostly uh, I played I played a few prototypes. It was like a mini Protospiel Minnesota. There was a bunch of us there. And so I played uh, I played a Nate prototype. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was most of my Ostacon. So video game side, obviously ARC. But I've been trying because, again, I'm setting up a server. We're all we're hopefully going to be playing here really soon. I got one person that's checking out, one person that's getting ready to not be busy anymore. In fact, we were going to play the other day, but Megan's mom was here. It's like, nah, not not tonight. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, we think we've got that server set up kind of how we want it. We just got to jump on it. So to be away from that. Jump on it. Jump on it. I played a little bit of Days Gone. Oh, have you got that? Yeah. I think I'm going to be frustrated as shit with that game. Oh, yeah? I, I mean, I, I like what I've seen so far, but, you know, you're a biker. The bike is pretty much almost a character in itself. I hate driving that damn bike. And it, I is don't know. Batman what man levels of bad driving? Or just, yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I've played other games that have 
bikes and how they've implemented. But this one, like, it frustrated the shit out of me because I think, like, the very first thing you do in that game, I mean, uh, you know, after you get through all the freaking cutscenes, uh, I, I, why do the very we, first thing you do is press X seventeen times in yeah, a row. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but one of the very first things you do is, oh, sorry, PS two, uh, square. square. There's an X. Oh, there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's a different X. It's, it's not different X. Letter. Yeah. Um, is you and your buddy chase down somebody on a bike. Swear to God, I did that. I had to redo that 15, 20 times easily, I think. Frustrating shit. And it's like, again, it's the first thing you do. That is my introduction to this game. How much I hate this bike. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you 10 bucks for that game right now. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I, I haven't played a lot of it, but just, just enough to know that I, I'm not going to like the fact that the bike is like an extension of you almost in the game. Uh, we'll see. I don't know if maybe upgrades or something will make it more maneuverable or training you know, wheels. Yeah. Something. Yeah, I don't care. Give them to me. Shit. <laughs> just let me enjoy the game. Just driving with the <laughs> kickstand down. Uh, and then I've been playing. This is my veg game right now. This is again like I'm like okay, I don't want to I don't want to deal with arc right now. I don't want to deal with coding anything. We're all going to be starting soon, so I'm going to have to, you know, wipe my character anyway, kind of all that kind of stuff. So I've been playing House Flipper. <laughs> have you seen that one on Yeah. <laughs> so it is just a little mind-numbing game, right? Cuz it's so repetitive too, but it's whatever. And there's there are things that frustrate me. <laughs> about that one because it's 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 still pretty early i mean it's out of like ac- early access or whatever it's actually being sold now or whatever um and they have i think they have a like a dlc for it tomorrow coming out really tomorrow. already yeah but there are some things that that frustrate me but yeah the the dlc tomorrow is supposed to be like garden flipper or something like, so you can actually do stuff outside because you can't do anything i mean you can you know pick up garbage you can clean the outside of your house and you can take out some weeds. So it doesn't take place in the end game. <laughs> but like one of the things that always frustrates me is like you you buy these houses and they have like these knee high lawns. You can't you can't mow. <laughs> so I'm like fixing up the house, but can't Everybody do nothing knows. about it. It's a curb appeal. Everybody knows. <laughs> can't do anything about the lawn. Or like I bought one house that had a pool and I'm like, well, I want to add pools. You can't add a pool. You, just, you can only buy a house that already has a pool kind of thing. You can't manipulate the exterior walls at all. You can only either make or trash in internal walls. So like, like there's this one house I bought where it's like you would hope straight on is the entrance to the house. It's straight on into the left. You know, kind of thing is like, okay, I want to move that door. You can't move the door. I found a, bought a house that has this weird closet that had a hole in it that had a bunch of cash in it, which was cool because I got to turn it in for cash. I got the money. It's like, okay. And then you ended up in Fillory. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't, you can't do anything with, you can't cover the hole. You can't like repair the hole or anything. It's just, (laughs) it's just, it's, it's kind of considered like an ex you know an exterior like okay i'll tile over thing tiles around the hole it's okay i'll you know so it's little things like that is kind of frustrating shit but again it's just this little i don't know of anywhere so you have to is 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 this any i don't know where these guys are from but i'm just asking uh generally speaking i don't know all 30 million people in canada no i don't okay (laughs) i i know what i'm yeah no i don't even know if they're from canada i'm just trying i've never i've never heard this but it or i've never seen this myself and of course i don't have a lot of you know like 
houses in other countries or anything like that. But the washer in the bathroom. They're European. Yeah. Or Asian. Because it's like, that. it freaks me. It's like, I mean, you can put a washer wherever you want, but mm-hmm. the hookups are always in the bathroom and the washer, and they don't have a dryer. The washer is in the bathroom menu. That's That's <laughs> definitely sounding like Japan then. Yeah. <laughs> Not, so, not necessarily Japan, but somewhere in Asia. Yeah. yeah. So it's just it it it's like okay, <laughs> like, it's it's just this weird th- weird thing. So yeah, there's but there's a lot of little things. I hopefully you know as they as they progress, this is a game that would be great if it was open to modders. The amount of things that could get added like quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> would would be great because there's stupid things like I can't like I can put a light switch up and I can move a light switch. I can't put move an electrical outlet. Oh, okay. No, I can't do an electrical outlet. So like if I destroy a wall that has an outlet on it, I can't add an outlet back in. But it doesn't really come into play. Like they don't make you plug things in. Right. Or whatever. But still, it's like the the visual of it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want an outlet right here. Hey, that's not to code. You have to have one every eight feet. <laughs> <laughs> so just little random things. But again, it's my mind numbing kind of game right now. I just kind of go through, you know, clean the place and knock down a wall here or there and see what I can sell it for. You know, I bought, bought a house earlier, like before. I think right after I got off of work, I went down and bought a house and it was the first house I bought. I was like, shit, I just need to paint it, clean it, paint it, sold it. <laughs> now, if only it was that easy, clean it, paint it, sold it, <laughs> made a hundred thousand off of, you know, paint job. <sighs> Sadly. Next week. <laughs> so yeah. about house flippers, Austin. So I don't know. I, I might check out the, the garden thing. Cause I think it'd be kind of cool to, I, and so I, I thought I heard that they actually also give you like a mower in that damn. DLC. So I well, that's going to be worth five thousand dollars right there. If your freaking lawn. Potential buyers can actually <laughs> see the house. <laughs> so that's kind of what I've been playing right now. <laughs> all right, so there you go. There's another episode of All This Geeks in the Books. All right, so there you go. Thanks for hanging out with us. And I'm Jeff King. I'm Jordan Steinhoff, and we'll be back very soon. Thank you for checking out United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Who, What, Why, a game design podcast. A podcast that talks about the ins and outs of game design with game designers. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.
Welcome to episode... No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I don't even know what number this would be. I haven't been keeping track.